Well, and and look, you want to talk about another young, talented team that the 49ers are going to be dealing with, you know, postseason aside, uh, their division rivals. The Rams. The Rams had one of the better years than that that anyone could have expected them to have. They were supposed to be as dead on arrival this year as they have ever been under the Sean McVay banner. And McVay, you wanted to, if you want to talk about coach of the year candidate, he shouldn't win it, but he shouldn't be off the pace that far either. McVay had a hell of a year, and that is a young football team all of a sudden. Uh, unknown defense surrounding Aaron Donald with... I, I don't. I don't think we can call Cooper Cup young anymore. But Puka no, he's Nakua, older. Is the defin- Puka Nakua and Tutu Atwell are the working, functioning definitions of young players. And Kyron, uh, Kyron Williams. Kyron Williams I mean, is a very young running back. And yeah. And when you look at, you know, where just the the Rams are in their competitive life cycle, where the 49ers are with their getting now older roster. And you're right. Look, sports is a young man's game. Always has been. Always will be. Um, football allows some experience to still matter, maybe more than other sports do. Baseball is also a little bit like that. Uh, now that there's a DH in the National League, especially, it functions a little like that. In basketball, it does not function like that. And the Warriors are finding that out right now. You know, the Warriors are finding out what it's like to get old in real time while the entire league is getting young and more athletic around you. But look, I mean, this is it's now time for the 49ers. Windows yeah. shut fast. Economics around the way that this team is built with a quarterback on a not even a rookie deal. Like you know, when you get to court, when you get to build a team around a quarterback whose salary doesn't even count towards the cap, it's absurd. So the Niners are in a window of financial absurdity due to the Brock Purdy starts, and just the window of you know diminishing returns on aging players. And it it starts to become more evident. Um, so it it's now time again. This it's, is the most it's absolutely go season. time for the Niners. Yeah, this is the, they 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 couldn't have asked to have it set up better than how they've got it set up. And now here comes a team that should have your full full attention in the Green Bay Packers, which I actually do think works for the Niners a little bit. You know, I I, I don't know if. You know, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers rolling into town would have been the spark of inspiration to really start a postseason run on. I don't know. I mean, maybe you do want the feels like easier to beat opponent right off the rip. But I think that the to throw the Niners into the blender in high leveraged, this could get dangerous football is a good thing for them. And, you know, I hate to put it on Brock Purdy, but a lot of it's on Brock Purdy. I mean, um, when Brock Purdy doesn't throw a pick this year, they're undefeated. When he does throw a pick, they're two and four. So don't throw a pick. Take care of the football. It's good advice, Larry. If, if Brock takes care of the football um, and the 49ers don't turn it over, they're the better team. They're at home. They're rested. They're ready. Um, they got a bunch of guys that have been there before. The pressure shouldn't bother them. The one thing that worries me the most, though, is that Green Bay and Detroit are just locked in. Detroit, uh, De- you know, Green Bay so young; uh, they're one of the youngest playoff teams we've seen going back to the AFL NFL merger in '70. That they don't know what the, they don't really even they're not even thinking about pressure. I mean, they're impervious to the pressure because they're so young. You know, it's one thing to be young, but it's like if you're so young and you're all young, 
they just they're just playing well and it's another game nothing too big same with uh, the Texans they're playing really well they're really young um and Detroit is you know they just they're a, a complete football team and they're hard nosed and they believe in their leader and you know these teams are going to be really really tough to uh to beat but the Niners have the experience factor and somehow the rest the experience factor that's got to be that's got to make the difference. I got to think that the 49er defense can do a better job on Green Bay's offense than Dallas's did. But we'll see. There's no doubt. There's no doubt that the 49ers defense is going to have a better day than Dallas's defense did, and there's also no doubt that the 49ers just are not going to become a one-dimensional team. And if you really want to shut down a football team, make them one-dimensional, and then just bat that around like a cat with a ball of yarn. Christian McCaffrey's the best player on the field, and he has to be. In every single one of these games coming up, Christian McCaffrey needs to be, you know, we can talk about Brock and Debo and all that stuff, but it's Christian McCaffrey time. Well, it's I'll I'll go beyond that. I mean, I'm not worried about all, at all about Christian McCaffrey. To me, it's time for Mooney Ward. Demo Lenore, Ambry Thomas, Jair Brown, Samuel Womack, Isaiah Oliver, Darrell Luter, Tayshawn Gibson, Logan Ryan. Those guys. The Niners secondary has got the Niner front's got to put some heat on day on uh, Jordan Love. And um, but more than anything, this Packer team has a ton of really talented receivers. And the young, the young Niners secondary that really only has it's a bunch of really, really young guys, and then Tayshawn Gibson and Logan Ryan. It's funny, the team that Aaron Rodgers wanted is now finally there that he's not there, right? Yeah. No, seriously. It's like he they couldn't they never could surround Rodgers with enough. And now Gudekunst shows Rodgers the door, has back to back amazing drafts. Everybody gave the Packers grief in the offseason. They're like, why are you not signing a big free agent wide receiver? Why are you guys not signing a big free agent tight end? And little did we know that Gutekunst was going to hit and hit and hit and hit and hit in the draft. Now they've got this bevy of awesome young weapons, and now it's we're going to find out how good the Niners' young secondary is and can they can they stand up to all these weapons and Jordan Love. One of the comments that just came through here from Niner Niner Bang says only one person can defeat the 49ers and it's Kyle Shanahan. And even though that feels, you know, a little inflammatory and overreactive and and uh I kind of agree with it. I kind of agree with it. Like Kyle, <clears throat> how about this? I I I think Kyle's got to have a great postseason. And if he does, Kyle has a great postseason. The offense and the defense both play very well. I mean, it, it's it should be the Niners' year. It should be the Niners' year. The advantage that Kyle supposedly has against any other coach in this league, we need to see that. We need to see it. He needs to live up to his billing as smartest cat in the room. And he he's got that genius card. It's not like he he throws it around and flaunts it or plays it, but it's there and it's his, and we need to see it. Yeah. You know, Kyle has to have two or three plays that make us all go, shit. How, how well, more than that, that, I want to see a game plan that, that you know, um, 
first of all, I I don't want to see a rusty team. I want to see an efficient plan. I want to see offensive balance. And look, I want to see and I want to see your stars rust. touch the ball. You have like stars. The these the, the Green Bay's got talent. Um, you have stars. Debo's a star. Ayuk's a star. Kittle's a star. Uh, CMC is a star. Your stars have to rule the day. And you just got to stay out of the way and make sure Brock's got to take care of the football. You got to have offensive balance, but you've got to make sure that your stars touch the ball. That's over what you and over and in. over and over and over again. No doubt. Antonio Rosales says Shanahan needs to run the ball all postseason and they'll win the Super Bowl. Carl Kelsick. Good morning, Carl Kelsick. Hey. He says, if Larry thought the Packers would win, how about the notion that the Niners did too and got way more of a head start than this weekend? I think that's a good point. I bet you anything uh, they handicapped the whole thing and said Green Bay is beating Dallas. Let's prepare for Green Bay. You know, yeah, I think he's absolutely right. If I saw it, they saw it. Well, you no start doubt. prepping for everyone. You know, you, you get some of your scouts and you just start prepping for the whole league. As right. it comes your way, you start scouting every single AFC team because they could be potential Super Bowl opponents, for goodness sake. So that's that's Daniel Garcia. This is the playoffs, Larry. Nothing comes easy. Stop pushing the scared narrative. I'm not pushing any narrative. I'm just telling you the Packers are legit. Yeah. It's and if you don't thing. if you don't if you don't believe it, you may find out the hard way. And if the if the Niners don't believe it, they may find out the hard way. That's all I'm saying. You don't be scared, but proper. Uh, you know, uh, 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 you know, appropriate fear of your opponent is a good thing. Make no mistake. All right. It's the old Greg Popovich. Appropriate fear. Appropriate, appropriate fear. fear. The Niners played. They went to Philly with appropriate fear that the Eagles could beat them. And they fired a big, big effort. All I'm saying is they got to be on edge in this game, the way they were on edge in that game, they will not roll their jocks out there and just be like green Bay is just going to wither and die and, and curl up in a, in the fetal position. It ain't going to happen. And don't right. tell me it's the playoffs. Sometimes teams do wind up curling up in a ball and doing nothing. Um, I think you just saw it from Dallas. All I'm saying is green Bay is legit. And unlike some teams where it's like, Hey, you know what? Take away CD lamb take away Tony Pollard and then you've got it. You, you know, you're, you're halfway home. They don't have that kind of player. It's not like, Oh, you take away Romeo Dobbs. They're cooked. No, they go to Jaden Reed. Oh, take away Tucker craft. They're, they're, they're done. No, they'll go to their other tight end. So, I mean, they, they really do have depth of weapons that makes defending them a real challenge. And they're well coached. Very they're well. Good. I mean, they're 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 really good. And again, you know, Lafleur has got one of the better winning percentages of any young head coach in NFL history. He's put together an awful lot of winning early in his career. I'm sure a part of him feels like you know knocking on the door with Aaron Rodgers and then having to reset that, go to another quarterback. It's not quite like it's the same team that's been knocking on the door for a while. But this isn't the first time you know Kyle Shanahan's met the Green Bay Packers in the postseason. Not the first time he's met Matt LaFleur in the postseason. It so, is the first time they've faced this Jordan Love in the postseason, though. And he's yeah, he, the one thing about Jordan Love that's a little that is a little scary is that you can kind of tell that he's he's in a great groove. So it's not like he's gonna have to 
you know, will he or will he not find his rhythm? Just assume that Saturday night when that anthem plays, this guy is going to be in full rhythm. So it's really the first obligation of of uh, Kacarek and Wilkes on defense is disrupt that incredible rhythm that Jordan Love we know has going right now. This is got one those, it's one of those games where the pressure is not enough. You need to get home. There's got to be a sack on Jordan Love. Just pressuring Jordan Love and making Jordan Love uncomfortable is a great place to start, but it's not a good place to finish. The finish is the sack. Right. And it's got to be Bosa. And it's got to be, you know, Chase Young. And it's got to be Javon Hargrave. It's There has to be pressure in that guy's lap. And if you do that, it's going to take pressure off the young secondary, which you were just naming, you know, player by player. And everything starts working easier. The one thing that I'm just guaranteeing, you're not going to see, you're not going to see Aaron Jones have that kind of a day against the 49ers. They don't allow those days. They haven't allowed any running back to have that kind of a day in years. And so if the Niners really choose their divisional round in 2024 is the first time they're going to allow an individual rusher over a hundred yards in like a three touchdown afternoon, shame on them. They will have deserved to have lost that game. I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think it's who they are. I don't think it's how they're coached. I don't think it's how they're going to play, but this is a red alert opponent as they all are. I mean, here's the thing. You know what? what a, I hate the old, well, well, Miami hasn't played anybody. Shut up. They're playing an NFL schedule. You know, they're, they're not they're not playing swack opponents on the way to go and meet the Ravens over in Germany or whatever. I mean, they're they're playing NFL teams. And I keep on preaching that NFL teams all the time, NFL teams all the time can beat any other NFL team. And that goes doubly like in the playoffs, because there's no such if there's no such thing as a bad regular season team, there's even less such of a thing as a bad postseason team. Everyone well, it's who you play, it's but it's it's who you play and how you played them. I mean, that's as simple as that. I mean, yeah, it, it Miami's played a bunch of good teams, but they lost to them all year. You know, Dallas played a bunch of good teams, but they either lost to them or barely beat them. Um, and you know, so you have to look closely at the schedule, but um, you know, it's it's really how you're playing here. It's mid January. It's like how you playing now, how you playing now, and um Right. And, and the, the big problem, the big question with the Niners was, would they get rest? Then they got rest. Now the big question is, will they be rusty? And uh, that's on Shanahan to make sure that that whatever way he structures practice this week and how they go about their business, that when they hit the field on Saturday night, they aren't rusty, that they're well, at full tilt and ready I to reject, roll. I reject even the concept of rust because we've talked about this. It we can't happen. No, there's no rust factor on this team. The rest is more important than anything for a team this experienced, this old. This is you want that. And so we can't get the thing that we want and then complain about the negative effects that could come off the thing that you said you wanted. No, but Steve Young, who's been there before, you know, was concerned about three weeks off for Brock and would he be rusty? And, you know, I'll defer to Steve that he's not totally out over his skis that, you what? know, he has that, no. that belief. He, no, he has that belief for a reason. And, um, all I'm saying is it's a, you know, if you are rusty and you're taking on a quarterback like love right now, who, you know, 
rolls in on a on a phenomenal rhythm. He's he's carrying with him a great rhythm. Disrupting that rhythm is going to be object number one of the defense. Establishing your own rhythm is the number one goal of your offense. Those are two big things that have to happen in the first quarter of this game Saturday night for the Niners to to win. Got to disrupt the incredible rhythm that Love has, and you got to make sure whatever rust you have, you shake it off and you're ready to roll. I'm not concerned about Brock Purdy. I'm really not. Um, uh, I, I just think, though, what is concerning is that the 49ers are such, even though they're the veteran team that's been there and done it, when you watch them this year, you wonder if they're fragile because they seem like they only can win one way, which is they get a lead, they score going into the half, they score coming out of the half, they then make you one-dimensional, they pin their ears back in the fourth quarter, and they win 31-17, 31-21, something like that. That seems kind of like their comfortable route. Can they win a game where it's not a comfortable route and they're down 17-3? Can they win a game where suddenly the other team's got momentum and they've got to take it back mid-game down 10? I mean... They may be able to do it. We just haven't seen it this year, and right. that concerns me. I haven't seen it this year. I haven't seen it any year under Kyle, frankly, and that that is a little bit of a concern. So again, if that's the box you're worried out, you're worried of, stay out of that box, you know. And and it's up to right. the 49ers to get good starts to stay out of it. By the way, Larry, we have something that is happening that has never ever ever happened in the entire history of you and I doing a show together. We have double memberships happening. And leave it to Carl Kelsick to make uh, Wake Up History double memberships, a Larry Kruger membership for Carl, and then he comes back around over the top to become a member of the initiated. And he is a, a Damon Bruce Show member now, too. Carl, freaking love you, man. Old school, diehard KNBR radio lifer right there. Carl Kelsick coming in with a double membership, Larry. It's unprecedented. What a weekend. Double membership for Carl Kelsick. Look at that. Look at that. Nobody ever said it would. They said it would never. We'd never see the day. It never Kelsick happened. Never bought a double membership. Why would anyone uh, be a member of even one of you? Both of you guys? That's ridiculous. That means every time he comes in, he's got to scan both cards. You know. Yes, excuse me. Oh, but could you run your other card, Mr. Kelsick? Thank That's you. Right. Thank you very much, Carl. Thanks, Thanks Carl. to all members. Again, uh, thanks to anyone who's dropped a super chat today. Thanks to should anyone. Should we roll through some chats here? We should, but hey, hey, thanks to anyone who's just out there chatting in good faith and having a good time this morning. It's the playoffs. This is supposed to be fun, and it has been so far, and the fun hasn't even really started because the Niners, they get going with the Packers on Saturday night, 5-15. Game is going to be on Fox. Of course, Larry and I are going to be doing post-game shows. We're going to be doing wake-ups today. Obviously, you're watching it right now. We're going to be doing another one on Friday, getting you ready. For the weekend, we'll be back. So here's it. Let's make let's have a production meeting right now on the air here, Larry. Okay. With the with the 49ers playing on Saturday, is next week's wake up going to happen Sunday morning, or will we wait until Monday to do it? I think we should go Sunday morning, and then follow it back up with Monday morning. Double. The I think we up. go double wake up, double wake ups, like double memberships, unprecedented stuff. 
Unpress for we'll call it the Carl Kelsick Invitational. We'll call it the Carl Case Carl Kelsick Doubleheader. We'll go Sunday. We'll run it back on Monday. I mean, let's do that. At what point does someone come in here from the rhythm section and just throw cloaks over us and say you're the hardest working men in show business? You got double James Brown going on here. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Carl. Uh, before I tell you what, Larry, before we get to the super chats and let's okay. jump into there in just a second, I want uh, there's two other things that I just have to bring up on my end. The best weekend, who had the the NFL's best weekend, and who had the worst weekend in sports. And obviously, there are still games, two of them to be played tonight, which brings us to our worst weekend in sports. Guess who had the worst weekend in sports? The NBA, Larry. NBA, NBA. The, the uh, NBA had the worst weekend in sports because not only has Christmas been hijacked by the NFL this year, the one, the one holiday that is reserved for NBA to take over with midday and matinee action is Martin Luther King Day, which today is. Happy Martin Luther King Day. Hopefully it's a day off for the vast majority of everyone. And it's normally a day where you watch the Warriors tip off, you know, in the middle of the afternoon and you have a little lunch with the Golden State Warriors. Well, we got, we, we, we've got Pittsburgh and Buffalo, 1.30 West Coast time. Draymond Green does return for the Warriors, which adds another reason to sort of lean into that game. It's happening in Memphis. And if you could talk about what is the sacred ground for an NBA game on Martin Luther King Day, it's definitely in Memphis. So um, what what's supposed to be a day that belongs to the NBA has totally been hijacked by snow moving the Pittsburgh Buffalo game to a 1.30 in the afternoon West Coast start. And then at 5.15 tonight, you got Eagles and Tampa Bay. And if there's one thing that the NBA knows is you don't want to go up against the NFL in its regular season, and you sure as fuck don't want to see the NFL in its postseason. Bad break for the NBA. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would say the big loser if you gave, I don't know if you were going to name one, but I'll say the big loser this weekend are the idiot Bulls fans Friday night as they're honoring Jerry Krause, the late Jerry Krause, the former general manager of the Chicago Bulls, one of the most successful dynasties in the history of the NBA. His widow, Thelma, was there, and the Bulls recognized, you know, 13 franchise stars and and honored their 95-96 championship team, despite the fact that Jordan didn't even show up. Um, and they put him in their ring of honor in a ceremony at halftime. But the United Center fans booed the idea of Jerry Krause, and his widow sat there crying, crying. visibly upset, noticeable, hurt, hearing the boos. People are rubbing her shoulders. I mean, what the hell's wrong with you, Chicago? Jesus Christ. I mean, my God. Do you have no class at all? I mean, well, no class at all. The man's widow is right there. You won titles. I get over your stupid sports drama between who deserved more credit between Jerry and Phil and the breakup of the Bulls. Get over it. You won all those titles. It was years ago. The guy's no longer on this planet. His his late wife is probably in her 80s. She gets dressed up, comes out to the United Center, 
and you boo Jerry Krause. I mean, what a bunch of classless assholes. Okay. I mean, come on, Chicago. It wasn't everyone, but Chicago being a Midwestern town and a little bit nicer than Philadelphia, New York, Boston, that was definitely a bad look. As someone who grew up a Chicago Bears fan, let me tell you how I feel about the whole thing. It's awful that that happened with that poor woman there, clearly rattled by it. You know, she spent no time in the blender or in the heat of competition, and that was an awful way. She went out to have her late husband remembered, and it turned into a disaster. I mean, come on. You no, want to boo You want to no, boo a no, Joe no. Lakeup because you didn't like the Monte Ellis trade? So what? Joe's a big boy. He can take it. He's a self-made billionaire. That that the, the same thing that you're applying to that, I'm applying to this situation too. What dumb fuck in the Chicago pregame ceremony ceremony office said, yeah, let's invite her. If you didn't know, because I'm going to tell you right now, someone who grew up a Bulls fan, Jerry Krause deserves to be booed in death forever based on what he did and the way his ego got in the way of that team. So I'm very sorry that that happened, but fuck Jerry Krause. And I mean that to this day. Um, Come on, I, dude. Hey, We're talking about – get over it. Her. First of all, you're only talking about – you're only talking about the backside of it. You don't invite her. You don't invite her. No, you do invite her. You don't invite her. You have to know that – the general manager of the team. He was the architect of the team. Now, Rod Thorne drafted Jordan. You don't invite Jerry Krause put that whole thing together. You don't. And if you're going to honor the dynasty and this and that, then he should be honored. And you know what? We shouldn't invite, uh, you know, the the widow of Jerry Krause because we know Bulls fans are idiots. No, I mean, but I'm going to tell you right now. If you didn't know, how about this? Bulls fans, you, stop being idiots. You could be on a an L platform and anywhere in Chicago and just say Jerry Krause. Boo! Like, it, of course he's going to get booed. Jerry Krause is going to be booed for the remainder of all time in Chicago to invite a guy's widow when you know. How did you not know he was going to be booed? You have to know that. The same way that... Well, first whoever, of all, why should this guy have been booed? They won six championships, Damon. Six. He was an executive of the year twice. He. It wasn't like he was just along for the ride. He was the architect of a team that won six championships. Right. I mean, he built the team. He decided decided this Michael Jordan costs too much money and we can't go forward anymore. It was a, it was a, it was a bad decision. It was a bad decision, decision. but it was also a bad decision that was made 20 years ago. Get over it. Hey, Hey, you know what? How you done since? You know who smiled ear to Not ear? Not that great. You know who smiled ear to ear in that moment? Michael Jeffrey Jordan. Well, then, then, then he's very small. He is. Oh, Michael the Jordan. Bottom, the bottom line is you, on the course. This this guy, you know, come on, man. I mean, let's. You won six rings. Right, could have been eight. The guy could have been eight, but he won six, and you haven't won one since. So maybe. Maybe boo the people running the thing today a little bit as well. I mean, Jerry's, I, I mean, I get it. I We all know the story. He pulled the plug. He wanted Koo coach. You know, he pulled the plug on the dynasty, he ran out Phil. He made some mistakes. He made it about him. I get it. But the guy still won six titles and he won a couple executive of the year awards. And it's like Bulls fans. I mean, you're supposed to take a have a little perspective. 
And then you factor the matter is the guy's dad and his wife's right there. I mean, Mike. Well, God, here's the thing. I don't think so classless. I don't think fans knew that Thelma was in the building. They showed her okay. on the big screen. Oh, right. But it was too late at that point. The booze had begun. Okay. I, guess well, my, I guess my point is don't set something up for failure. And whoever in game night ops didn't realize, hey, this is going to go really, really well until we get to Jerry Krause. And then he's going to get booed out of the fucking gym. But Damon, he's no longer that he's no longer alive. And he was she was attending his ring of honor induction on his behalf. How do you have, okay, if you're not going to invite her, you got to invite somebody. Does he have a son or a daughter or somebody? I mean, I mean, the fact of the matter is people booed so loudly that they brought his widow to tears and shame on Chicago. Don't. There's a right and there's a wrong. I will always stand up for right over wrong. It is wrong to boo. It's bad karma. It's bad karma. Okay. So. I mean, here we on. are. Here we are. It is the first game in Las Vegas A's history, and they introduced John Fisher. Shouldn't he be booed? John Fisher never won anything. No, but he should also be. Anyway, I, I John Fisher, it's booed. a bad comparison. John it's Fisher should be booed because right. he is the richest owner, and he carved out a profit for himself and basically just – uh, made the A's a island unto themselves. I would sapped the off the general fund, and then when the when the when they when they got when he got kicked off the dole, then he cried poor, poor mouth. He would have been totally satisfied to take his ten to twenty million profit every year because at the at his core, he's not a sportsman. He's a bean county bean counter. He's not even a self made guy. He was born into the wealth. So it's like you know, I mean, it's yeah, I mean, you know. John Fisher is is the lucky son of Donald Fisher and nothing more. And he knows it. And, you know, it's sick. I mean, he's got a sickness. He's got more money than almost than many owners combined. And yet he sat there and and basically said, you know, I'm not going to raise my finger and try to build a stadium. I mean, the Giants had failed stadium efforts. The A's didn't really have failed stadium efforts. I mean, John Fisher easily could have built that stadium himself. And with money, there's 100% privately financed, but never even tried to put together a group to fi- privately finance anything. He was always there with his handout demanding that the the city of Oakland, who was terribly under budget, just cut him a deal. So, I, you know, totally different situations. He, Jerry Krause was accomplished within his field. John Fisher is just born on third base, thought he hit a triple. Right. Okay. Bad comparison. Shouldn't have even brought it up, but I'm guessing the whole point is don't play games. You can't win. I would have walked up and, and before they retired, who, who was that? Was it Rick Barry's? No, Rick Barry was, it was a Chris yeah. Mullen retirement ceremony, retiring Mully's number. The fact that no one's walked up to Joe Lacob and said, the minute you touch that microphone, you're going to get booed off this fucking court. D- like meant you didn't know your own fan base. No, he didn't. He didn't. He was brand new. And and what he didn't realize was that, yeah, the Warriors had lost, but the Monte Ellis had entertained those people many, many, many nights. And at the time they were trading him for, for Andrew Bogut injured Andrew and Andrew Bogut. Bogut was an injured center who was not playing, who I'm had been it hurt. It didn't even matter. It didn't even matter. No one was thinking about Monte Ellis when they were booing him. He just, no, that they were, Warriors they absolutely were thinking about Monte Ellis. Represented incompetent ownership. And until you do something, you get no victory laps. You get to take no bows. All you are is a rich guy. He was on with us. Hasn't proven anything. Hold on, Larry. Hold on. 
The whole point was Lakeham should have never touched the mic that night. And had he not touched that mic, he's not booed. And then he'll even tell you that the booing really motivated him and it's good things came out of it. That's good. Whoever is in charge of Bulls game night ops, I would have just said, if you really think that Jerry Krause is going to go play, if you think this is going to play well tonight, like let's stake your resume on it. Like let's say, so if he gets booed, you resign. If he doesn't get booed, we'll give you a $5 million bonus. Of course, Jerry Krause was going to get booed. Come on. What, 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 what I mean, you know, the world's a mean, nasty place and people are, you know, take more asshole pills every morning than ever before. And of course he was going to get booed. And how do you put his wife in that situation? Are the fans to be embarrassed? Yes. Shame on them. But shame on the Chicago Bulls for inviting Thelma to a real live booing of her dead husband. That was guaranteed to happen. And if you didn't see it coming, you're blind. Well, they had they you had to no, invite her. They had to invite no, her. No, no functional history of how angry and how mud. It's like Jerry. You don't see Jerry Reinsdorf coming out looking for a boo or for, for an, a round of applause anywhere because he knows what happens when he stands up. He's gonna get booed right out of the fucking gym. I mean, it, no, no on, I'm, I'm not with you on this one. I'm not. I'm. 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 Shame on the fans. I'm dealing in reality. Don't. Don't. I'm boo. dealing in reality. Yeah, but don't 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 be so classless that you're booing somebody with their and 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 maybe the Bulls should have just informed her. Hey, you know what? Let's let's laugh about it. Let's lean in because yeah, we bad, we know Thelma. we know they're we know that we're, you're going to get booed because there's just a lot of classless people. She seemed shocked by it and she seemed bothered by it and it was wrong and it was wrong and, and shame on those people. I would want to. They have story. no perspective. They want a bunch of rings. I mean, come no on, it's not, your, it's not your it's not your birthright to get eight. You got six. Nope. Be happy with the six. Look, I'm just telling. I'm telling you. You come out here, Johnny uh, Grand down to Damon. You're classless. No, Damon's living in reality. Damon understands how sports works. Damon understands how fans work. And Damon but they were honoring him, him Damon. They had to bring somebody from his family. Does it matter if it, it was his son, daughter, or wife? I mean, it's just bad. Just come on, Chicago. You won a bunch of rings. Honor the guy. I mean, I mean, seriously, you I haven't won. You haven't won Jack Squat since. You haven't you haven't even been to the finals since. So maybe, I mean, you know, these were the good old days. Right. I mean, it's just like, you know, I mean, should should uh, should the Giants owners um the next time they take the mic get booed loudly? Um, you know, they basically they 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 said goodbye to Brian Sabian for Farhan Zaidi. Do you they think said Farhan, goodbye to Bruce Bochi for Gabe Kapler? Do you think the the Farhan? Do you think that the Giants would allow Farhan to take a public booing? No, but I mean, if tomorrow the Giants honored Sabian and Boach, and let's say it's 10 years from now and they weren't alive and their widows were there and, they, and everybody and everybody booed, people would be, you know, it should. Is it a bad plan that they were honored or is it shame on the people booing? It's shame on the people booing. That's OK. Yes. OK. Good. Let's we put understand. the blame where the blame belongs. Right. But if I were also to make a list a flow chart, not based on what happened, but based on everything I know about Chicago sports, okay? Of most booable names in Chicago sports history. Jerry Krause's name is at the top of the fucking list, Larry. I get it, but it was also a long time ago, and it was surrounded by a lot, awful lot of winning. 
I mean, right. should the should the Giants be should they never honor Boach or Sabes again? No, they should totally honor them. But those guys were beloved. Jerry Krause, while they're winning titles, was a villain. Jerry Krause wasn't beloved for a millisecond of the entire run. There was no point in time, and this is a world ago where we didn't cover sports through the prism of general managers and their decisions. It was a different world. And in a different world, Jerry Krause was hated. He was never liked. He wasn't liked during the parades. He got booed at victory parades. He got booed at victory ceremonies. Jerry Krause is not been like, it's like Roger Goodell. Do you think so Roger should, Goodell should they not have, have should they not have honored him? If it's going to go wrong, yeah, you don't. You just say, look, there's we can't win. <laughs> or you just he won you, six titles. He's got to be in. It was an. Un, it was just an. It was. It was just going to happen. That's all. It was just going to happen. That's my that's my whole point. It was going to happen. So you avoid yeah. the thing that you know is going to happen. If you know anything about Chicago sports, if you well, know anything I do know about, thing about Chicago sports, because my mother is from there and I spent a lot of time there. Um, six, six NBA championships. He belonged in their ring of honor. So he had to go in somehow. Sure. Well, put him then, in. Put him should in they have put him in with a, a memo no. at a no, three o'clock in the afternoon? Uh, we have now put. Uh, Jerry Krause into yes, the Chicago Bulls ring of done. honor. That's what they should have done. They are, they, they literally should have just, you know, gone dark one night. Jerry Krause's name is put up in the ring of honor in the middle of the night. And then you walk back in for the next game and you're like, ah, you know, Jerry's up there now. We okay. don't know. The only thing we don't know is we don't know. I mean, maybe somebody from the Bulls told her up front, hey, you know what? You know that how this is going to go, right? And she said, that's okay. I want to come anyway. I mean, that's probably what happened. Um, you know, I mean, she wanted to be there for to honor her deceased husband. I mean, it's like shame on the Bulls fans. I mean, it's like get over it too. Seriously, get over I'm it. Just you won six you. rings. I understand. Just, I, I, I understand I, what you're saying, but you're taking the blame off of the fans and putting it on some 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 Bulls organizational person. And all I'm saying is, once you win the six titles, the only way to get in the Ring of Honor is usually on some ceremonies. So you had to be honored at some did point. Anyone know it wasn't opening any, night. It was just game 58 or whatever. You know, did, any, did anybody notice the 10 part fuck Jerry Krause documentary that Michael Jordan rolled out just like during the pandemic? I mean, w- come on, there has been a in death campaign against Jerry Krause, getting credit for anything from Michael Jordan and camp Jordan in his entire life. I mean, you just have to know you, you, you can't conduct the symphony if you don't know how the band is going to sound. Okay. And of but what's the alternative, then don't do it. Don't do it. That's the alternative. Don't let this nice old lady watch her husband booed in effigy. Don't do it. I mean, that's that's what I would have recommended. Stop honoring uh, your six rings and your GM, your architect of six yeah, yeah, rings. No, first of all, no one gives a fuck about a GM. No, one, fans don't care like the way you and I do. Fans don't care, but they do know that that guy's a villain and he will be. Look, if it happened again tomorrow. Jerry Krause can get booed out of the fucking gym tomorrow. There's no amount of public shaming and and Stacey King on the broadcast and Steve Kerr tisk ticking everyone. And and look, good, it is tisk tisk everyone. That was a classless move. It's gonna fucking happen tomorrow. It'll happen the next day in 50 years from now. If you say Jerry Krause at the United Center, he's gonna get fucking booed then too, Larry. He gets booed forever. Some people just you're. It's like bring Art Modell back to Cleveland. See how that goes. See how that fucking goes. 
Some people just are going to get booed, right or wrong, fair, foul, widow present or not. Jerry Krause gets put in the, oh, this guy's going to get booed column every time, every time. And once again, it's idiotic because they won six rings and have won nonsense. All right. Okay. I mean, it's idiotic. The best I mean, it's crazy. You're you're booing a guy who led you to your most successful period of time. Yeah, that was Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen. Come on. This guy was the executive, and he made a number of good trades. And he put Scottie Pippen on that team, by the way. He drafted Olden Polonies and traded him for Scottie Pippen. I mean, if you love Scottie Pippen, wouldn't you love the guy who put it together? I mean, just no, have a little the, 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 be better than that, Chicago. That's the message. Be right. better than that. Everyone gets the tisk tisk Chicago. Come tisk, on. Tisk, That's tisk, wrong. Chicago. That was wrong. It was wrong. Jerry Krause will be booed. They were the they were breakfast. I, yeah, I get it. But you know, it's like should he, should they never be able to honor their no. team because nope. uh nope. you know and Krause is part of it. It's not honor like you can team. just be like, ah, you know what, Krause wasn't part of it, we'll just forget about him. And she, you know, she probably on some level had to know what she was getting in into. It's just bad, bad, bad. I would have avoided the situation by not putting that nice lady in the bad situation. And I could have seen that bad situation coming on IMAX. I mean, it was guaranteed. It was coming at you in 3D and you didn't see it. That's why I didn't say that I didn't see it, but maybe she didn't see it. Maybe she maybe she thought. I don't know, dude. Maybe she thought people were fucking normal and would get over it over time. No way. No way. Since there were six titles associated with the brand. I clearly you know would more think, about this. You would think that, that you would think that people that had six titles and have had none since, you know, uh, would would really uh would really figure out that maybe those were the good old days and maybe Jerry wasn't all bad. He'll be booed at his funeral. I'm going to boo you if you don't change the fucking topic. You want to know who the biggest winner was in the NFL this weekend? Can you guess the name of the biggest winner in the NFL this weekend? I think it's probably Bill Belichick. Incorrect. It's Kristen Juszczyk. Kristen Juszczyk had the best weekend of any NFL wife maybe ever She's got Taylor Swift rocking her gear. She's got this gear now going in trending directions on all social media. And there is her husband, Kyle, making sure that she gets credit. And he is hunting every tweet and Instagram and Facebook post to make sure that everybody in the world knows, hey, my wife made that. Kyle Juszczyk jumped on some real husband shit this weekend and did right by his wife and Christian Juszczyk is probably one of the more famous designers of sports paraphernalia in the history of designing sports paraphernalia. Not since Alyssa Milano was banging Dodgers pitchers and saying, hey, maybe we should make jerseys with sparkles on them. Has any, has, has, has any woman had a better weekend in sports paraphernalia than Christian, Kristen Juszczyk who just made Debo's Brock MVP vest from a week ago. And now this woman is probably, she could sell a, she could, she could sell a coat to Taylor Swift for probably 10 grand. Good for, good for the use checks. <laughs> Anything that touches Taylor Swift, right. is just like, it's going to make I, money. It's just, it's unbelievable. It's a story. Taylor Swift does anything. And it's a story.
nice jacket though. Nice little jacket. She can honor, uh, uh, her, her husband in the, in the booth there and the, the warmth of the booth, I guess. Um, yeah, got a lot of headlines for sure. Good, Good looking, her. like a chief's for people who didn't see it. It's kind of like a chief's Jersey winter coat. Yeah. She, she did a great job. I mean, there's cool. If, if I were a Travis Kelsey cheese fan, I would ro- totally want to rock that coat. It was a cool coat. So there you go. There's your biggest winner. Your biggest loser from the weekend is the NBA's Martin Luther King matinees getting trampled on by the no one saw it coming NFL doubleheader thanks to snow in Buffalo. Um, by the way, did you see some of the footage from what would have been? So the, this would be kickoff right now in Buffalo. Did you? It looked like the Hoth planet. It, I mean, the, the the last time you saw something that snowy, there was a tauntaun in the scene. It was. Uh, it, it, it was a, a blizzard of the first degree. I'm all about playing in elements. Those were not elements that could have been played in. Wow. Uh, that's all I thought when watching that. It's like, do people, is there like a, a wall around that city where people are not allowed to drive away and live somewhere else? I mean, my God, that is just a ridiculous, why you would want to live in Western New York. I mean, just, just an absolute snow fest. Um, I'm kind of glad they, they, um, canceled the game, you know, on, on Saturday because it looked like it would have been an unfair situation, but, um, is it going to be that much better today? I mean, I, don't know. I, I mean, I heard the day it's minus up, 10. They put up a flag for extra shovelers. Apparently they've cleared out the like the the aisles, but the seats are still covered in snow. Um, it's look. This is this is what you want if you live in Buffalo. This is what you signed up for. You've signed up for a life that can just be completely overtaken by a weather event. You know, we had somewhere to go today. We had a baby to deliver at the hospital. Not today. You don't. You're gonna. Have, that's gonna be a home birth. I mean, that's how that that that's the lake effect. That is. That's snow that I grew up close to. And so it it's it's something else when that happens. And it's going to be a miserable, miserable conditions today. Look at how cold it was at Arrowhead. That did not look fun at all. Did you well, see yeah. the cowboys of Tyreek Hill? Tyreek Hill wanted nothing to do with that afternoon in terms of the weather. Like he tried to come out with no sleeves. And then as soon as he got out there with no sleeves, you could see him say, Get me a coat. Get, get me a coat. Look at the difference in today's two games. The Bills, uh, Steelers, they're estimating at kickoff it will be 17 degrees. Uh, Eagles, Bucks, 67 degrees. Balmy. Balmy. Yeah, almost 70 degrees in Tampa for Eagles, Bucks. Who are your winners today? I think Tampa carries the day. I think the Bills get it done as well. I, I, I think you think the same, right? Yeah, I'm trying to. I, I won my combo bet yesterday because I I was all over uh, all over Packers and I I took the Rams on the teaser, getting ten and a half. Um, I'm just not sure how to wager on this one today. I I I, I like the Bills and I think they're probably going to win in a blowout, but I don't know. They've they've been kind of Jekyll and Hyde, and the Steelers, you know, who knows? The Steelers might be able to run the ball a little bit. Um, Buffalo, I definitely like Buffalo to win the game. The other one I, I, I do, I'm battling back and forth. Do the Eagles show some kind of bounce back championship medal and beat the one team 
that they probably could handle this weekend in Tampa Bay? Or do we, you know, is it about somehow the Eagles have a championship medal and they circle the wagons for one one big victory before they go down next week in Detroit? Or is it Buccaneers, you know, with Godwin and Evans against the, one of the worst pass defenses in the league, and it's all Tampa. Baker's not 100%. It's Philly's a three-point favorite in the game. I can't really decide on that game. I, I'm, I don't, I'm, not, I'm not sure which direction to go there. It's be nighttime in Tampa. Should be a perfect, cool, crisp night for football, but, you know, probably weather in the 50s. Um by the time kickoff comes, I don't know. I can't, I can't really handicap that game. I, I'm not sure who's going to win. I would, I would lean towards Buccaneers getting three at home, but I don't, I don't have a conviction on that one. Maybe it's just a layoff night for Larry Kruger. Count, count your winnings. Don't go back yeah. to the window. Just, just a layoff Larry. Sometimes I know, the best bet you I, make I, is the bet you don't make. Yeah. Stay away. It's the, it's the stay away. It's the stay away. It's it's like inviting Jerry Krause back. It's just a stay away. You shouldn't do that. <laughs> just stay away from it. Larry, let's check out some supers before we go. What do we got? Okay. Well, first of all, we'll just go straight from the top. Glock Holiday jumped in. He's a member of Damon's channel. He became Thank a YouTube you. member today. You, we we read the uh, the loner incognito. Then we have this one from Gary Van Horn. He's become a YouTube member today. Jeff Hayashi says credit due to Green Bay, but Dallas looked completely unprepared and were likely overconfident or lackadaisical due to the regular season home record and seeding position. Better watch this tape good and pay Green Bay like a one seed. Maybe play Green Bay like a one seed. I think that's what he meant, but I, I completely agree. Dallas came out just like they didn't they weren't aware of what time the game started to be down 27 nothing instantly is just it was is you and i both agreed the packers could win that game i didn't think they'd win the game like that no one saw that coming and that's why mccarthy probably doesn't last to the end of business tomorrow yeah he's out he's out um jerry and his sons up there in the booth look like they were hatching a plan uh now who's in is the question double b studio says dallas slept on green bay they were looking at next week i don't I don't. I think if Dallas and Green Bay played ten times right now, Green Bay would win eight. I really believe that Green Bay is just better than Dallas right now. They're better on the line of scrimmage. They're the, Dallas is a front-running team that crushed bad teams. If you don't believe me, go chill, look at their schedule. They beat every bad team on their schedule by thirty-plus points. Kevin ceases. How wild was it? that the announcers last night kept calling it the Cowboys, the number one offense. I had to assume they forgot about the 49ers offense. They probably were number one, right? Was it points or yards? Probably number one. It was points, yards, or if you want to just look at it as who they are at home, maybe that's where they were. So look, there, there's never going to be a game where the Cowboys aren't getting the favor of the broadcasting crew because there is no team in the world that delivers audience quite like the Dallas Cowboys. And if you are in the audience business, you want the Dallas Cowboys to go as far as possible. It's just the way it goes. That's 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 what all these television networks want. They want a Super Bowl with the Dallas Cowboys in it. There couldn't be anything bigger. The single biggest viewed sporting event in world history outside of maybe a, a World Cup final or something like that is going to be 
Dallas Cowboys against the Patrick Mahomes, Kansas City Chiefs with Taylor Swift in attendance. That's what Roger Goodell goes home and jerks off to that. Uh, that's happened this year. That's a good that's a good imagery there. Uh, <laughs> number one offense as far as yards was Miami. Number one, number two offense as far as yards was your San Francisco 49ers. Number three offense as far as yards, Detroit. Number four, Buffalo. Number five, Dallas. They were the number five offense as far as yards per game. If we switch it over to points per game, Dallas was number one. Miami was number two. Uh, Dallas averaged 29.9. Miami averaged 29.2. Niners third at 28.9. Baltimore four, 28.4. Detroit five. At uh, twenty-seven. Well, again, uh, a good so number one points. Per a game. good announcer is not going to let any facts stand in the way of a good broadcast. So there you go. Well, I mean, a lot of people think points is the bottom line anyway. So you know, in some ways, they are the number one offense. Loner Incognito flattered that teams always want our defensive coordinators, but who will be next in line if Wilkes leaves and can stay long term as our defensive coordinator? I don't know that they're going to have somebody long term, but I will say this. I would say the leader in the clubhouse for the Niners defensive coordinator position, if Wilkes leaves, is the guy whose defense get gagged yesterday against Green Bay, and that's Dan Quinn. Because if Bill Belichick is going to be the new head coach in, in Dallas, and I don't know if he is, but he may be, or if Jim Harbaugh, let's say, is the new head coach in Dallas, and I think Dallas will think big. Um. I think in both scenarios, Dan Quinn's out. And then it's a matter of, does Dan Quinn, who was the head coach of the Falcons, get another head coaching gig? And if not, and Steve Wilkes left, he was with Kyle Shanahan there in Atlanta. I think uh, Dan Quinn very easily could wind up being the Niners defensive coordinator next year if Wilkes leaves. Do you so. think Seattle calls Dan Quinn? See if he yes. wants to come home? I do. I do. I think that's a great, that's probably the fit. They probably, that's probably where he'll go next. But if he doesn't get that job, he may not get any job. And then that's the, in that, that in that scenario, he could come here. Uh, loner incognito. Right, me, before we move on, let me just yeah. ask you, because you and I are both huge fans of his work. How come Chris Kusurik's name doesn't come up as the next in waiting? Because normally if a team's promoting from within, you take your, you know, like they did with D'Amico, who did an incredible job with linebackers and just promote him to D.C. Is Kusurik just not on that coordinator to head coach path? Is he not interested in that? I, I, I think he may not be interested in that. I think okay. he likes what he does. I think he's well compensated for what he does. Um uh, and I don't, I don't want to speak for him. He might be super interested in it, but it seems like, you know, he's not on that track. Like they don't want, like maybe either he has said it to them. Hey, I don't want that role or he's happy in his current role. Um, you know, it's like, it's kind of like Jim Tom Sula, really. Tom Sula was not a coordinator. He was Tom Sula was a D line coach. Okay. So I, you I mean, know, that's the thing. Like I'm, I, I really respect a guy who has reached the point in his career where he says, I'm, I'm where I should be. I'm happy to be where I am. Um, kind of like Bob know. McKittrick, the late Bob McKittrick, who was a great offensive line coach, but he was never a head coach in the NFL. He was or offensive coordinator even. Right. Right. Or an OC. So, you know, it's like, sometimes you do what you do and you do it so damn well that you just want to keep doing it. Um, I don't know. 
I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. I mean, with with a constant beast to feed in twenty four hours a day and seven days a week, noise. Uh, you know, speculation always sells. I'm surprised. I've, I've never seen Chris Kasurik's name attached to a Niner defensive coordinator opening, not for a sentence. And he just seems like a natural candidate. So, well, not only that, they obviously respect him enough that they asked Steve Wilkes to come in and adapt to his defensive front, right? And to take him as the defensive line coach. So, obviously, he has a lot of value and his scheme has a lot of value, but he's not getting. Um, DC consideration either because he doesn't want it or he's on a different track and isn't deemed fit for it. Uh, I don't know, but I, my guess is he likes what he's doing. Just asking. Yeah. Uh, Loner Incognito says, okay, so Purdy is still, is still young, so we should build the team around him. And they have. They absolutely have. James Foster says the Packers don't have Pro Bowl player ma- players, playmakers. They have good players, good players, makers and a good scheme and a really good head coach sounds like a football team to me yeah what the packers have is a damn good what they have really that makes it so difficult is because they have so many different guys you don't know exactly where to lean the coverage like if you look at them and look at their game log two weeks ago Jaden reed had 112 yards yesterday romeo dobbs went off for 150 yards but Christian Watson can go off. And Dontavian Wicks has been one of the hottest players on their offense the last month. And then Luke Musgrave makes plays like a number one tight end. But then Tucker Craft is playing like a number one tight end. Uh, Aaron Jones looks like a number one back. But then when A.J. Dillon's in there, he also looks like a number one back. So, you know, they've got youth Look, on I their think, side and they've got depth. And so I you think don't he's already know where they're. I think you've already said it very well. And just the elevator pitch of the matchup of Packers 49ers, Larry, you already nailed it on the head. You should go back to this all week long. If I use it on my show, I'll credit you reluctantly, but it's the truth. The Packers got a lot of talent and a lot of playmakers. The 49ers got stars. Now that that talent and those playmakers could become stars of the future. And if they want to become stars, you go ahead, Green Bay Packers, you come into Levi Stadium and you beat the 49ers. A lot of you guys could be on your way to some star power if you do that. But I, I really do think that that's a great way to say it. The, the Niners got the stars, but boy, do the Packers got an awful lot of talent in this game too. And that's going to make it interesting. Well, and the, the Packers have an entire roster of youth. I mean, I, it's the, the only team in football, I believe. Yeah, the only older guys on the entire team would be Aaron Jones, uh, Devondre Campbell, Preston Smith, and maybe that's about it. I mean, everybody else is is uh, basically a youngster. Jair Alexander, I guess, was the 2018 draft. Um, you know, he's he's a little older, but I mean, that's a very young team. Carl Kelsick, YouTube member one. Carl Kelsick, YouTube member two. Thank double you, Carl. membership, double membership, never double to be membership, booed. never to be booed. Carl Kelsick will never get a booing. You put him in the ring of honor. You invite you, you, you invite the wife, you invite the kids. No problems. Kelsick uh, eats for free. Loner incognito. Can the Niners win when they under? That's the question. When they're under, when they don't score, you mean, can they win a low scoring game? I think is what he's saying. Um, I mean, as long as they have the lead in it, yes. Can they win coming from behind? Can they trail by 10 at halftime and actually win the game? Most teams 
have at least one game like that. They would have had that game if Moody had made the field goal in Cleveland. Instead, we're all kind of left wondering if they can do it. Chuck Flanders says, move on from Krause talk. Thank you, Chuck Flanders. Thank you. Thank you, Chuck. I know Chuck. Matthew Sanders says, Stroud and Love coming back down to earth very soon. Well, that happens a lot, too. That's the other, you know, history tells us don't fall in love with what you see in Wild Card Weekend because the winner oftentimes has to expend a ton of energy, travel, oftentimes go on the road, and then they're sitting there rolling into a to a real tough division round against a team that had a better record, that had rest, that's sitting and laying in wait for them. So, yeah, Green I, I totally agree with that. Green Bay's defense was on the field for 89 snaps on Sunday. That's a lot of snaps. And Jair Alexander did hurt that left ankle again. We'll see, you know, how I know they took him out, but we'll see what he's got. And the last super here is from Green Glass Full. Uh, Green Glass Full, he says, now PC Pimp Cone is saying just uh, Jordan Love is better than Purdy. And people wonder why there is valid criticism of said grifter Grant. All right, we're not going to comment on Grant. Uh, Grant can say whatever Grant wants to say. Um, you know, the, the bottom line on on the 49er situation is they fought like hell to have this advantage. Now they have this advantage. They got this rest. They badly needed the rest. I think what's, what's going to be what you're going to see is you're, is you're going to see what you saw in Jacksonville. To me, the Jacksonville game is what I think you're going to see next week. Jacksonville, if you if we need a refresher course on that one, had won five in a row. Not only had they won five in a row, they had a really talented young quarterback in Trevor Lawrence, and he had a ton of weapons that he was in lockstep with, and they were playing terrific football. And not had only had they won five in a row, Damon, they had never trailed in any of those five games. And the Niners rolled into their place, throttled them, took away Evan Ingram on the first look because he was going to Evan Ingram, the tight end, repeatedly. Took away that first look, put some rush on Trevor, got a lead, um, and, 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 nothing. and crushed. And crushed. I thought that was the – that game to me is the how I see this next game is that you, you have to do the same thing. Trevor was in feeling good, lots of weapons, spreading it around, loving life. Suddenly things were changed. And um, and the Niners got a big one-sided victory. I hope that's what we see Saturday night. Well, Larry, I can't help but notice that you brought up my team in a negative light here at the end of the show once again. You know, I wrote down a couple names. I put them in an envelope, and one of those names was Larry Kruger. And I thought, for sure, Larry's not going to go ahead and use this opportunity to further besmirch the Jacksonville Jaguars in my good name. But it happened. <laughs> Trent, I, I, I gotta go. I gotta go anti Jags. I did it for Tom. I did it for Tate. I, you know what? You screw that. I did it for Amici's. I did it for Amici's because I like Amici's. A little burnt crust. Great, great pie. It's flat. Uh, it's, it's fantastic. I put Amici's name in an envelope and I mailed it to you, Trent. And so when you get that envelope, you're going to open it up and it's going to say, Trent, only eat a meat cheese. Open that envelope, Trent. 
So here, we're going to remind everybody, and that's where we probably should have cut it off right there, but we'll remind everyone, Larry and I are going to be back for another Wake Up, 8 a.m. West Coast time, Friday morning, and then we will be back at it with an 8 a.m. on Sunday, and we'll even double down, hopefully previewing what will be the NFC title game on a Monday morning Wake Up as well. So you're going to get double Wake Ups after the 49ers play on Saturday. You're going to get one on Sunday. And then on Monday, if there's an NFC title game to be talked about, thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for subscribing. Hit a like on the way out. That will help the algorithm kiss us on the forehead. And we thank you very, very much for watching all season long. Today included, you're an awesome audience. Thank you so very much. Go Larry. Niners. Go Niners. I told Kate. I told Tom. The Niners and Packers first round. Hey, Craig, they got a bookie that maybe I could get a little bit down. I mean, I I don't know exactly. No, I know he pays. I want him to collect. I, I just don't want him to stop by the house, especially if I lose. But I will pay. I promise this time I'll pay. <laughs>